Today on Home Court Press, McCade Pearson and Brian Priest take a look at the Jazz loss to the Lakers on Monday night. In spite of the loss, did the Jazz find some positives to build on as the NBA restart continues in Orlando? We also look ahead to Wednesday afternoons. That's right, I said afternoons. 12.30 tip-off against the Memphis Grizzlies, currently sitting in the 8th spot of a loaded Western Conference. But first, the Oklahoma City Thunder lose a key player for an undetermined amount of time. All that and more coming up next on Home Court Press. On the inbounds, Davis blocked by Gobert. Conley with five to shoot, drives the baseline, throws it up. And Gobert throws it down. Beautiful feed from Mike Conley. James behind the back, goes up, under, and lays it in. Mitchell fakes, gets Conley, corner three-pointer is good. Spin move, Mitchell kicks it out, Conley, open three, it's good. He has wanted to see the open man, and he's found it. Davis, step back three, bang, and the foul. Welcome into Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest, as always, leading the pod, joined by Mr. Flint and Steel, McCade Pearson, and we're talking jazz basketball from last night. How you doing, McCade? Good. I'm better than uh, Saturday, or I guess we recorded yesterday. Um, I hate losing, though, but progress is being made, and that's what we can ask for right now. There's some positives to build on that loss last night. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about some of the negatives. But before we dive into that Lakers game last night, let's talk news and notes. And this will be really quick. Not a lot going on around the league besides the the actual games being played. Last night with the victory over the Jazz, the Lakers clinched the one seed in the West. And you already mentioned it before we got on the air, McCade. The one positive for the Jazz from that, we're guaranteed not to have to play the Lakers in the first round. Progress. No, that's good. Um, it's time to figure out how to beat them. The other news and note around the league, the Thunder lose point guard Dennis Schroeder, a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He left the bubble yesterday morning for the birth of his child. This was in an expected absence. So they don't know how long he's going to be gone. And honestly, from, from what I can read and find about the, the Thunder franchise, they're saying, Dennis, go be with your wife, go be with your child as long as you need. We'll be ready when you're ready to come back. Yeah, a couple weeks early, um, they were second to lead the last couple scrimmage games, uh, not scrimmage games, last couple seeding games, and maybe into the first round of the playoffs. He should be back for the playoffs now. The Thunder are tanking, which is super weird because their first round pick that they owe is top 20 protected. So they got to flip down to the 60 to make sure they keep their pick. So it's all good right now. But, yeah, he should be back for the playoffs. He'll hang out for four, five, six days, whatever it ends up being, and then have a four-day quarantine and he turns next week. Yeah, I think in the grand scheme of things, this really benefits the Thunder, assuming that Schroeder is back for the entire first round of the playoffs. That three-point guard lineup that's been the best lineup in the NBA for any team this season, he's a key piece for that team. So... Unfortunately for the Jazz, I think this benefits the Thunder long-term. Mike Conley's facing the same thing. Uh, I believe his wife's due in about three weeks, but once you get within that three-week-to-month mark, it could be any day now. So, hope all goes well there. This stuff is obviously a lot more important than basketball. Good to see the NBA um, having a compromise with, yes, you can go and then have a shorter quarantine on the return than if you were just leaving to a get chicken wings at a gentleman's club. <laughs> Nobody would be dumb enough to do that. No, never. All right, let's talk about the game from last night. The end of quarters are are very important. They can't be overrated because you can 
put yourselves in a situation where if you go on a little bit of a run, you carry that over into the beginning of the next quarter, you can have a you know a six eight zero run pretty quickly in three possessions. So I wanted to look at the end of quarters in last night's game, and to me, that's really where things swung, especially the end of the third quarter. So in the first, the Jazz did a great job. They outscored the Lakers 9-3 to in the final three minutes of the first quarter. They were down by six points and ended up coming back, closing that gap, ending the first quarter tied at 24. The second quarter, the Lakers, just in the last 90 seconds of the second quarter, outscored the Jazz 6-0 to take, I believe it was a four-point lead at halftime. And then the third quarter is really where the wheels fell off for the Jazz. Uh, this is a longer stretch than I normally do for the end of quarter, but just kind of indicative of how the third quarter and early fourth went for the Jazz. The Lakers outscored the Jazz 15-5 to over the final five minutes. The game was tied at 71, 501 left. Quarter finishes, Lakers up 86-76 going into the fourth. That run continued into the fourth quarter a little bit for the Lakers as well. It was a death knell for the Jazz. Yeah, the I just said the first quarter was all right. They outscored the Lakers nine to three, but that was a weird quarter because the Jazz came out and they started up seven zero, and so you take that seven zero and that nine three, and that's a thirteen point advantage. But they ended the first quarter tied, which means they were minus thirteen in that middle six minutes. The starters gave up some of that, and then the subs came in. They brought in Niang instead of Moutier on the first sub. But still, as Clarkson came in, it just continued to fall apart. But they did get it together there in the last three minutes. Good defense. Only went up three points in three minutes and then off and running from there. And then same in the third quarter. The starters played really well, came out, started that half 7-0. And then by the time the bench came in, it didn't go so well. <laughs> the bench has definitely been an issue for the Jazz. I, I look at this roster and, and what they're putting on the floor. They might be eight players deep right now in terms of an actual NBA rotation. That's just not going to be good enough to win more than maybe one playoff series, unfortunately. It it sucks to say that. Hopefully these guys get some good developmental minutes, but I think we're looking forward to next season at this point. Yeah, if you want me to go off on a tangent here, I do think the playoffs will benefit the Jazz. Um, the starters have been phenomenal. They, they were a plus 12 last night. They were a plus 17 against um, the Pelicans. Like, they're just killing it. I tweeted out some numbers you can go look at. And I hate five-man lineups, right, because they just aren't realistic because people get hurt, foul trouble, all that fun stuff. Five-man lineups just aren't a thing. Except in the playoffs. The 76ers did this last year where they didn't have – I think their starting lineup played 400 minutes ago the entire regular season – and they got into the playoffs, and they played 400 minutes together in like 10 games, 12 games, 14 wow. games. Oh, yeah, they went from like – it was like 400 minutes all season. They played like 27 minutes a game um, in the playoffs last year. And I think we could see that with the Jazz, where right now the starters are playing about 15 minutes a game. And if that number boosts up to 25 minutes a game and the starting lineup isn't that good, then obviously that helps the Jazz. So we'll keep an eye on that, um, the trend of that, especially once the playoffs begin, because in the most respectful way possible, the less we play the bench, the better we're going to be. It's true. I, I think the next topic here, Jordan Clarkson, is a perfect example of that. I'll give some of the raw numbers so far in the bubble, and then you wanted to talk about his on-off, right? Sure. So, so, <laughs> I got pulled up. so Jordan 
is he's shooting 30% from the field right now, under 20%, 18% from three. He's averaging one of seven per game so far in the bubble. Just barely over one assist per game, and overall he's minus 16 in 26 minutes per game in these three restart games. And we talked about it a tiny bit yesterday, but when you're Jordan Clarkson and your one NBA skill is putting the ball in the hole and that's not happening, it's really tough to be able to justify 25, 30 minutes a night. You're right. It is hard to justify those minutes when he's struggling. And we've seen that trend the first three games of the bubble. He played 32 minutes against the Pelicans and then dropped down to 24. And then only played 21 last night. So his minutes are going down and pretty drastically pretty quick. Because it's just not worth it for him to put you in a 16-point hole. And then you only have 15 minutes to try and make it up. Um, some of the advanced on-off numbers I like. On-off numbers are really context-dependent. You have to be aware of what's going on. But I think they are can be very telling of what is happening. But as you said, Clarkson's played 77 minutes in the bubble. The Jazz have an 88 offensive rating and the 120 defensive rating. So that's negative 32. And when Jordan Clarkson's off the court, they have a 114 offensive rating and a 96 defensive rating, which is phenomenal. That's a plus 18. So they're negative 32 with him, plus 18 without him. That's a 50-point swing. So maybe the Jazz problems are just as simple as getting Jordan Clarkson to be a net neutral, whether that's playing him 30 minutes a game and he's not bad, whether it's playing him 20 minutes a game and he's okay, whether it's playing him 10 minutes a game, whether it's not playing him at all. Um, you're obviously not going to jump and give him DNPs right now, but we got to figure out how to get Clarkson to not kill us. And we've seen, the, we've seen all season that he's not going to kill us every game. But if we can just get him to be a zero, to even a minor negative is okay, that would go a long way in fixing the Jazz's problems. So here's the problem with that, and I don't disagree at all, but when we're talking about Jordan Clarkson, it forces me to look at the Jazz roster and depth right now during this restart. And I can't figure out if you're going to take away 10 or 15 minutes from Jordan Clarkson because he's struggling you know, one night over the next. Who do those minutes go to? I... You know, Emmanuel Moutier, are you going to put him on the floor? That's fine, but he's not a shooter. You don't have anybody coming off of the bench that can extend the floor. You're not going to play Rajon Tucker and count on him to hit a bunch of threes. You might be able to play him. That I'm not totally sure on, but you're not going to get a ton of minutes out of him. And then the other issue is something we've already brought up. Mike Conley's leaving at some point. And those minutes have to go to Emmanuel Moutier and Jordan Clarkson. There's, they just don't have a lot of options, unfortunately. And you've already lost 32 minutes for Boyan. If it's an important game, like Saturday against the Nuggets or something like that, or the playoff game, you, you just got to play Donovan 40 minutes. You got to play Conley 37 minutes. You got to play Rudy 41 minutes. And you got to go for some of these games, especially, obviously, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. You're not against the Grizzlies tomorrow morning. You're not going to play Clarkson 15 minutes because you're scared he's going to beat you. Against the Grizzlies and the Spurs, although the Spurs look really, really good, um, you're just going to have to play Clarkson and hope he figures it out because benching him, and by benching him I mean cutting his minutes, isn't going to be effective long-term because you are going to need him in the playoffs. So you got to get out of his slump now. 
Yeah, I I think that really sums it up accurately. You're going to have to have Jordan Clarkson and get productive minutes from him if you're going to win games going forward. So, you know, you kind of let him work those struggles out. You cut his minutes a little bit and see what happens. Hopefully he's able to figure it out. He's always been a streaky player his entire career. So I believe he probably will figure it out. I, I'm confused in general why the Jazz are missing so many wide-open shots. They continue to get good looks. The offense is creating good shots, but for whatever reason, the threes aren't falling in the restart in spite of what happened in the scrimmages. But, Can I give you a theory? Yeah, let's hear it. Refs are being super ticky-tack right now all around the league. Uh, free throw attempts a game is way up. For the Jazz, they average 44 free throw attempts a game, then plus their opponent. And right now they're up at 49, 49 and a half. So I think the, all these ticky-tack calls, especially inside the arc and all that fun stuff, is just kind of throwing off the rhythm a little bit. Um, Three-point shooting is a lot more rhythm-based than we like to admit. Yes. That's why catch, catch and shoot is a lot easier than off the dribble. I really want, if I want to get really nerdy and mathematical, you know, and middle school and high school you learn that thing called sine and cosine and tangent and all that fun stuff i want to look into those angles and figure out like what's the optimal angle to get a three-point pass from but like that stuff matters what angle you're getting the pass from catch and shoot for sure all this stuff matters and you have to get into the rhythm and a flow for that stuff and there's just a lot of ticky tack calls that are slowing the game down both and i said i mentioned the free throws that's a lot of non-free throws as well which gets teams in the bonus earlier, which is, I mean, it's good, but it's no fun. It's free throws are all right, <laughs> but I'm kind of growing sick of them real fast here in the bubble. That's something I did want to talk about. And it's not, I'm not trying to go on a complaint tirade saying that the jazz aren't getting calls and the Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron were getting these superstar calls. Nothing like that. Just, I feel like the, the officiating and you've said ticky tack. I, I also, it seems like, at least half of the calls are late whistles. So I think you see Thanks frustration for listening. Home from court players. Press. Rudy got As COVID-19 cases explode across the country, the one thing epidemiologists, with, virologists, doctors, and nurses and can agree on is kind of wearing a mask can and will help slow the transmission the of the coronavirus. This is not a political statement, but a statement really of fact. In. So, so for the good of your fellow human, please wear a mask when out in public so that we can get back to normal as a society as soon as possible. Even with the now loss, back to I, the show. I finished the game last night with a lot of hope for the Jazz team going forward. I felt like there was a lot to build on from this game. They limited the Lakers. We've talked about rebounding throughout the restart. The Lakers only had four offensive rebounds last night. Oh, Royce had 11 defensive rebounds. He's been awesome. He's playing his um, best basketball of, his, of the season <laughs> easily, but possibly of his career. As I said, he had 13-5 and 4 last night. And none of those three stats are points. Um, <laughs> That's he, he wild. Passing the ball well. He was up in people's faces. Had, I believe it was four steals. Um, he looked really good and is really doing a great job of crashing the defensive glass here in the restart. And his defense against Anthony Davis <laughs> and LeBron James, without him, the Jazz probably lose by 30. Yeah, he was a plus 16 at one point. Um, I wish Quinn Snyder wouldn't overreact to Royce O'Neal taking up his third foul. He's done that twice already in the three games. But overall, I can't complain too much. Um, Royce has been fantastic. 
You know, Royce has been great. Rudy was another guy, scored 16, had 13 rebounds. He was 6 of 6 from the field. And again, you see his ability near the basket, his gravity. There were How many lobs did he catch last night? Four at least? Oh, between him and Bradley, the attempts were well over 10, probably 10 to 12. But he finished 6 for 6, so yeah, probably 4 or 5 of those are lobs. Yeah, it, it's great to see that from Rudy. And then defensively, you look at the raw numbers. Yeah, Anthony Davis scored 42 points. But when you look at his numbers, he was 7 of 17. He hit four threes last night, four of eight from the three-point line. But that's his career high in terms of threes. He's done that 10 times in his career. Look, if, if you're going to force Anthony Davis out and taking eight threes and Every one of them I saw was above the break as well. It's not like he was taking corner threes. If he scores 42, he scores 42. He's a great player. But I thought Rudy's defense on Davis was spectacular all night. Yeah, 4 for 12 inside the arc when Gobert is guarding him. You'll take that every night. Um, Gobert only sent him to the line, not five times, for five free throw attempts, which is good. He really got to light a ton on John Morgan. Um as well as he got to the free throw a little bit when we were in the bonus, which is that that's what hurt. You're not fouling him on field goal attempts, but you're fouling him late in quarters when we were in the bonus. So, yeah, he had 42. It was a solid 42. I mean, you're never going to complain about 42 points from a player, but Rudy Gobert did a really good job on him. And the Jazz as a whole, outside of a few couple-minute lapses here or there, didn't, were pretty decent on him overall. Yeah, they really were. And... Honestly, the, I thought the Jazz defense as a whole looked a lot better. There were several floaters. I remember one from Deion Waiters. Danny Green hit a couple. Really tough floaters. Shots that, as Jazz fans, we hate seeing from Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. I, and they happened to fall last night for the Lakers. But you're going to take those attempts. You're, you're forcing them into tough looks. And sometimes they fall, sometimes they don't. But defensively, I think this was probably the best showing for the Jazz overall in the restart. Their backcourt played really, really well. In fact, I... I'll talk about that later. (laughs) Anyway, their backcourt played amazing, but we can talk about that later. Well, with the Jazz backcourt, Donovan Mitchell, I... I would say easily he had his best game in the bubble. He didn't shoot great when you're looking at percentages. He only shot 41%, but he scored 33 points. He was 4 of 10 from the three-point line, and a huge number for Donovan Mitchell. He got to the free-throw line 12 times, converting 11 of those. Yeah, so he had he only got, he got there four times because he got there on two or three end ones and two technicals, I think. Like, he figured out a way to get to line a good amount. You love to see and ones, obviously. He had, I believe, two of them, right? He had one two. late. I think he Yeah, had, he had another one at the basket. He had an and one four-point play. He had another one yeah. at the basket. So I think he had a three-point foul right at the beginning of the game, an and one from inside the arc, an and one from outside the arc, and then a technical free throw. So four great opportunities to get to line and get extra points, as well as four normal trips to the line, which is great. You love to see the 12 free throws. The four assist number was solid. I think he was a lot better passer than that four assist says, which is good to see, especially late in game. He had a couple of amazing passes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Donovan was awesome. You mentioned the assists. Something Quinn Snyder talks about a lot is having his guys play with their eyes out. You're looking to make the right play, not necessarily 
the best play for you or somebody else, just the right play. And Donovan was doing that last night. The late game situations where the Jazz were trailing by nine, Donovan drives to the basket, has a layup, kicks it out to Mike Conley for a wide open three. And then uh, I think two possessions later for the Jazz, Donovan did the same thing. And it was, he had to at this point because the Jazz were down six. There was about 20 seconds left. Donovan drives and either the Jazz hit a three, get a steal and hit another three to tie the game or it's over. So Donovan drives to the basket, kicks it to Royce in the on the wing. Royce happened to miss the three, but it was the right play. And that's what I love to see from Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell looked fantastic. Like he's making that mini jump or at least improving. Jump might be strong, but he's getting there. And he's got five more games to really get there before we hit the playoffs. Yeah, like we said, a lot of positives from last night. Don't want it to seem like it was a a whole downer of a game. But let's take a quick break, McCade, and then when we come back, we're going to talk Jazz Grizzlies. That'll be Wednesday afternoon at 1230. It's like NCAA tournament time. You're listening to Home Court (laughs) Press. Thanks for listening to Home Court Press. As COVID-19 cases explode across the country, the one thing epidemiologists, virologists, doctors, and nurses can agree on is wearing a mask can and will help slow the transmission of the coronavirus. This is not a political statement, but a statement of fact. So for the good of your fellow human, please wear a mask when out in public so that we can get back to normal as a society as soon as possible. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Home Court Press. We just got done talking about last night's loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Up next, the Jazz are going to be facing the eight seed in the Western Conference, the Memphis Grizzlies. And Jazz fans, make sure, note the time in your calendars, 1230. You're going to need to take that long lunch break so you can head out and watch the Jazz beat the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow afternoon. Grizzlies, so far in the restart, are 0-3. They've lost to three teams behind them in the standings, Portland, San Antonio, and New Orleans. And the bottom of the Western Conference is getting real interesting. Right now, the 9 through 13 teams all sit within the four games that would be required for a playoff. Oh, the playoff's happening. We just got to figure out which two teams it is because nobody's running away with a four-game lead. Minor, here's a fire starter for you. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be in the play-in. And if they are, it's not going to be as the eighth seed. It's going to be as the ninth seed. They are falling like crazy. Like yeah. you said, they lost to the three teams behind them. They have the Jazz. They have the Raptors. They have a, a, Go look at their last five games. It's crazy. They're going to go 0-8. Like yeah. They're hoping to steal one game at this point. They're really about to melt down and not even make the play-in tournament is what they're calling it. It's nuts. They, they need a win. They're going to come out super desperate tomorrow morning and the jazz got to take care of business on the other side because both teams aren't playing great right now you know who is playing really good though is uh grayson allen is playing about 20 25 minutes a night for him and it's playing really really well the last couple of games but grayson allen's not going to get the job done you need your stars to stand up and they gotta figure out a way to get a win or two yeah, they're struggling right now and the the concern you have as a jazz fan going into this game is you know, the old adage about a caged animal can be the most dangerous animal. And so you've got the Grizzlies. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They're a really young, scrappy team. And I think that lack of experience is is starting to show, and that's why they're struggling in these games so far in the restart. 
but they do have six players averaging double figures. They're led by likely rookie of the year, Ja Morant, who's averaging just over 19 points per game in the restart, up two points over the normal regular season. And then Jaron Jackson, a second-year guy, averaging a little bit over 25 points per game. The Grizzlies have pieces, and they have a ton of athleticism. So the Jazz need to come out and step on their throat immediately and shut them down. Mike Conley needs to rip the heart out of all Memphis fans. He really um, does. No, but it, that's a super interesting game because it's a must-win for the Jazz in terms of you, you want a good seed, you want to go into the playoffs in rhythm, you want to build, and you, know, you don't want to be on a third-game losing streak. But this is like a must-win game for the Grizzlies. If they lose tomorrow, as it gets really ugly, and they're going to have a hard time holding on to the eighth seed, let alone the ninth seed. And so, man, it's tomorrow's a big game for completely different reasons. The Jazz got to find a way to come out on top. You look at the Grizzlies, and we should beat them. We've got experience. We've got more talent. Everything points toward the Jazz winning this game, and. You know, that's always the concern with a game like this. Some people would refer to it as a trap game. So, like we've said, you just you hope the Jazz come out locked in. They need to hit some shots. This could be a good opportunity for Jordan Clarkson. A little bit less pressure to find his shooting stroke. Donovan Mitchell continues to improve. Um, Rudy Gobert is facing a tough matchup in this one. Jonas Valanciunas is a guy who always gives Rudy trouble. Like Steven Adams with the Thunder, just these big, thick, strong centers provide a tough matchup for Rudy. I love Jonas. I think he's awesome. Um, Rudy Gobert is going to be a jazz man for the rest of eternity. But just in case something ever did happen, Jonas Valanciunas would be my backup plan. Like, he was awesome. And does give Rudy some problems with that big, strong, physical um, player. Justin Jackson Jr.? Whoa. Is that his name? Is that his first name? Jaron. Yeah, I was going to say, no, that's, that's a different guy. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. playing the four, another kind of Anthony Davis-type player mm-hmm. that we're going to have to figure out how to guard the four. So we'll see what the Jazz do there. I'm assuming they put Gobert on JV, which leaves a guy like Royce. So we'll go, we'll see. But another big team that the Jazz got to figure out. And the guards have got to stay in front of John Morant is the other key to the game there. Yeah, and that's really what it's going to come down to. You've got to stay with John Morant. He struggled. Pelicans, yeah, right before the Jazz game yesterday. Yeah, so John Morant struggled against the Pelicans yesterday. But overall, he's looked pretty good in the restart. Like I said, he's increased his scoring to a little over two additional points per game, scoring over 19. So it's this is going to be a, a good matchup and fun to watch. And I loved the fact that it's a 12:30 tip-off. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> Watching Jazz basketball in the early afternoon. Let's do this. The Jazz. This next five games, I believe, are all before two o'clock. Um. We play against the Spurs this weekend at like 11 a.m. The Nuggets games are like 1.30. They're all at like 11 to 1-ish. So get ready to enjoy afternoon basketball. I know I'm super pumped for it. I love the afternoon games. Let's go get a Jazz win. I like winning. I missed it. It's been like five or six days since the win, which is a lot shorter than the four months we went prior, but (laughs) I'd like another win. (laughs) We don't have anything else about the Grizzlies. McCade, it's time The listeners are clamoring for it. Everybody on Twitter has been blowing up looking for 
McCade Pearson, Flint and Steele, his fire take of the day. Last night was the best game we've seen from Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. It was Mike Conley's fourth highest scoring game of the year. Both players were super efficient. Um, they combined for 57 points on 69.5 true shooting percentage. Is that good? For, uh, Rudy <laughs> Gobert at 72 shooting percentage, and that's second all time. Like, that's really, really good. Which, first of all, let's just mention how crazy it is that that's what Gobert has done for the entirety of the season. But 72 shooting percentage for those guys is fantastic. 12 assists, 7 turnovers is, isn't great, but that was Mike Conley's first, like, 20.8 assist game. They're starting to figure it out. They played 22 minutes together, and they were plus 5. And in those 22 minutes, they hit 20 shots, the Jazz did, and 16 of them were assisted. Not necessarily by Donovan or Mike, but the ball is really moving well when both of them are on the court. Um, the Jazz have struggled to do that. But when those two are on the court, it's pretty good. So like to see that. We need those two really working together to help break down the defense. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, that relationship's figuring it out. That's, that's my hot take for the uh, afternoon is Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, best game as, a, as teammates against the Lakers on Monday night. It was a great game. Loved watching those two. They're, they're playing very well together. So when we're talking Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell in this matchup with the Grizzlies, both of them are at a size disadvantage against Ja Morant. Who do you think ends up as the primary defender on Ja? I think Conley's just got a little more quirk to him, a little more uniqueness. So I'd probably put Conley on him. I trust Conley staying in front of him a little bit better, but that's it's going to be a team thing. And it's going to be on Gobert to really defend the rim and hope he gets some help on JV when... Mm-hmm. It's just how it normally is. Rudy Gobert is going to solve a lot of issues, but Rudy Gobert solving issues create other issues. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> the age-old <laughs> adage. <laughs> so anyway, I think Conley starts on him, but uh, there's a reason John Morant's going to win Rookie of the Year and probably be a multi-time All-Star in his career. So it's a work in progress. But I totally expect the Jazz to come out and get a win. Um, totally expect him to come out with a fire to. Play really well, especially the bench. The Grizzlies' bench isn't great. They're super young. So hopefully the Jazz can take advantage of that and at least, at least Jordan Clarkson get running, get rolling. They're really missing the Jay Crowder of the world and all the players they traded away at the deadline. So hopefully they can get out and get another win. Yeah, you're just hoping for the Jazz to get a W in this game. And the, the last point I have is they've done it so far this season – but I really hope these teams have gotten together and realized that the late 90s jerseys, the teal Memphis Grizzlies jerseys, those are great. The Jazz throwback purple mountain jerseys, both teams need to be wearing those late 90s jerseys tomorrow afternoon. They are indeed both wearing those jerseys. I love it. Um, they look so good unfortunately, together. we don't have the, our classic court with us. We have the boring court that we have. But the jerseys are still there, and it should be a visually pleasing game tomorrow. It'll be real nice aesthetically. All right, McCade, where can they find you on Twitter? Hit me up at McCade P8. That's M C C A D E P8. And we'll talk jazz basketball or whatever else you want to talk about.
And then you can find me, Brian Priest, on Twitter at B-P-R-E-E-C-E-24. That's B-Priest24. And please give me a follow and check out Home Court Press. But thank you for tuning in and go Jazz.